Hello, everybody. My name is Dan Van Horn. I'm the senior pastor here at Trinity Baptist Church in Fairfield, Connecticut, and we want to welcome you to the TBC Provoke podcast. This is where we hope to stimulate, stir up, and provoke you to love and good deeds by taking the conversation we start on Sunday mornings and bring it into the middle of your week. His whole thing is glorifying God and saying, you should try this. Taste and see that the the Lord is good. And so I think it, it, he kind of the reason why he can say your experience is going to be just like mine is because it's not uh, his expectation is not that we all have the same you know lifestyle or or come from the same experiences but his but he can say that because it's rooted in God and the character of God and God is good. The source of goodness in his life can be the same source of goodness in your life. Yeah. Where we struggle with this concept is, you know, he talks about the the um, the good life is found in the he, he talks about it as the fear of the Lord and the fear of the Lord is he talks about it in Psalm thirty four is what does he say, keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit, turn away from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. I think that this the fear of the Lord is is the result of tasting right, like tasting and seeing that the Lord is good is the first step in faith. It's that entrance into faith. Whereas we typically see the entrance into faith as living this binary life of, of seeking peace. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and so, uh, so I, I wonder, I believe, and I, uh, I think the story that Jesus tells in the new Testament is that this, this seeking, uh, peace and pursuing it is actually the fruit of tasting and seeing of tasting and seeing. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's that's kind of like that's a challenge for us. I think as we take this into the middle of our week, is you know, is my emphasis on fear of the Lord? And this is just a thought that's coming to me now. There's two different understandings of the fear of the Lord, right? There's the scared fear, like uh, I'm afraid he's going to crush me. Yeah. Or there's the reverence and and respect. I think when we are so concerned about living this ethical life and earning God's love and respect we're living in this place of fear of him, like scared of him. Yeah. Whereas I think when we live in this place of, uh, walking this life with Jesus reverence and respect. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, we're doing it out of love, out of reverence and respect rather than out of fear. We're not, you know, and we always wrestle with that. Like I, I know I do, like I always fall back in this place of feeling like guilt and shame that God looks upon me and sees, you know, the mistakes that make me turn red and embarrassed and ashamed rather than like this unconditional love. And even that's not binary. Walking, tasting and seeing the Lord is good is actually a combination of probably both of those things. And I'm thinking of um, an anecdote with my daughter. Mm -hmm. We'll get there in just one second. (laughs) Hey everybody, this is Clayton and welcome to another episode of the TBC Provoke podcast. My guest, as always, is Senior Pastor Dan Van Horn. Say hello, Dan. Hey everyone. We're doing something new. Woo! We took a couple weeks off as we focused on getting things right with people back in the church, worshiping together, and we have repositioned our recording time to later in the week. We've been talking about taking what we say on Sunday and bringing it into the midweek, and now Dan and I are doing this as well. We are recording to you 
via Tuesday, and we are now practicing what we've been preaching for the last, I guess, 13, 14 episodes. It's hard to believe that it's been that long, that it's already been a little more than three months of this, uh, but we we know that you are finding it helpful because you've reached out and you've said you've said so. You've said that was very interesting, which I think is a very <laughs> polite for- thing to say. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you know, I received a phone call. This is a shout out to to Donna Bryan. I received a phone call from Donna Bryan. She said, "You guys said something on the podcast. I just want to talk about." We got a lovely email from Scott this week that said, thank you so much for recording that podcast. When I can't sleep, I listen to you guys and I fall right asleep. And I I think that's good. I get that every Sunday morning. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Every, we see you sleeping every Sunday morning. Well, and, and let's take a moment. Yeah. We're given some shout outs. This is this is primarily a tool for the Trinity family. There are people who listen uh, apparently, there's somebody in Ireland who listens to us every week, 1% of our audience. But the majority of our audience, 99% of you, uh, are our Trinity members. And as a Trinity member, if you have a question, if you have a, a, a topic, if you have a take on something we've said, let us know. Send us an email. Uh, catch us on Sunday after service. Uh, let us know it, how this ministry of uh, the TBC Provoke podcast, how it's affecting you, uh, how how we can continue to serve you through this. And um, in the future, we may even do like a call-in show, yeah. which would be really exciting. All of that being said, today we're discussing Psalm 34. We're d- discussing this idea of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. We're discussing this idea of living uh, a life like David said, that puts Jesus at the forefront and that you pursue the goodness of life through the goodness that's in him. Mm -hmm. Dan was just breaking down for me, this idea of these two fears, right? Fear the Lord. There's like an actual tangible uh, safety fear. Like this could get out of control. It's much bigger than I am. Yeah. Uh, and there's also this reverence that is translated fear. This this observation uh, that happens in awe and respect. And we often feel this sort of binary pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am either to fear God as as a great power capable of vanquishing me, uh, or I am to respect Him. But it's one or the other. It's never both. Yeah. Uh, similarly, Dan, you said, and maybe you can talk a little bit more about this, that uh, the fruit of that and and maybe the, the correlated fruits of that is to either uh, live a life based out of tasks mm-hmm. and checklists, mm-hmm. right? I have, I, because I fear God and his ability to vanquish me, I live a life by the book. I, I execute the appropriate actions of righteousness. Maybe your heart isn't in it, mm-hmm. but your actions are correct. That's one way you can live. Or out of respect and awe and wonder, yeah. um, you live this life of adoration, this this life where the fruit of your adoration is naturally pulling you towards this goodness. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I think uh, that that is oftentimes where we struggle to understand the Christian life 
in light of what God wants for us, right? That we, um, we, we feel this pull in the depth of our being that there is a right and a wrong in this world. We may struggle to define that, but we know that there is, there is a path that we as human beings are called to live on. And so the idea of ethics is, is not uncommon. It is not unfamiliar to people as a whole, but, um, but as Christians, I think that we, we naturally feel that I say naturally, we most often by default see living a good life, living a behavioral life, a, a well-behaved life as being the way to, to kind of elicit a response from God that's good, right? To, to feel like, okay, he, he sees me in a good light. And so we feel this, this pressure to behave a certain way. And so what drives our life is this fear of God's judgment, of, of being guilty or ashamed or, you know, or even being punished. Some of us have this view that, that, that the things that go wrong in our life are a punishment from God because of our behavior. And what's, what's that, wor- I mean, I think in my mind, that worldview is driven by this idea that I've got to behave a certain way rather than, and that's that first fear, that fear of God, that's, that being afraid of God. The second fear, the respect of God, the reverence of God, uh, is one that that God invites us to experience this goodness of Him, this kindness of God, and 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 then the fruit that comes from that fear, that reverence, the fruit is this life of willing, uh, of being willing to walk in obedience with God, right? So it's not an obligation, but it's a matter of saying, "Hey, I I want to walk this path with God. I want to I want to pursue peace and and." and and to keep my my mind from evil i i want to uh to walk with him because i know that that's where the good life is and so the 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 morality that i live out is one that's more of a fruit of of having this reverence for god this love for him because we trust that he is good you know and and i would second that 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 the the fruit of the life of awe and wonder is sort of an outcropping of that awe and wonder whereas the fruit of the life of fear is it's a life of action and control Mm -hmm. right you are taking control of your actions because you fear correction whereas the life of adoration uh the actions come to you because as you pursue the goodness of god the goodness of God then comes from you as well, right? You you see, you and I may have had this conversation recently. I'm, I've said it to, to a few people. And there's a meme out right now. There's a couple of them. A lot of people are sitting at home having a whole lot of thoughts. Yeah. So And fun with uh, memes. So, yeah, so, so meme culture has really exploded. A, a meme is an online joke. Um. And one of them was, uh, you can say three words to your 16-year-old self, what are they, mm-hmm. right? And I'm trying to decide what, what those might be, you know. Uh, probably the two best pieces of advice I could give my... Now, keep in mind, I'm talking to myself as a 16-year-old, so I don't know what I would listen to, very little probably. Uh, but perhaps I would say, uh, no student loans, <laughs> I might say that, you know, 20 years later, I still have student loans. Uh, Or I might say, wait for (laughs) Jesse. 
good chance 16-year-old me would not understand either of those things. There's a series of questions that are being asked by people in, in culture. And so one of them was, uh, what uh, if you could have one superpower, if you could have one, one wish, anything you want, you get, to, you get to have this. And the only stipulation is that 70% of the world also gets to have it. Right. So if you want to be a millionaire, well, 70% of the world becomes a millionaire and now you're no longer special. So what is what's in your heart? What is in your heart? And I got to thinking about this question. I was really thinking about the other one. What three words would you say? But this right. one I took I took seriously on a whole new level. And I thought, well, what's one thing you could ask for that would holistically improve all people if 70 if 70 percent of the world also had it uh, it wasn't food it wasn't shelter it wasn't riches um it wasn't health i decided that it would have to be a compassionate heart mm -hmm. right like if i could ask for a compassionate heart and 70% of the world also received a compassionate heart, like we would be in a much better place. That's a long way to get to that as you look at Jesus in this state of awe and reverence, mm -hmm. the compassion of his heart becomes the attraction to your soul. Mm -hmm. Right? You look at him and he's so compassionate, so kind, so loving, so outpouring of himself towards you that you go, Ooh, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And as you desire to be a part of that same compassion, what's incredible is that, you know, the scripture says that the desires of your heart are given to you. I think in this case means like the compassion of the Lord then indwells you. Your heart then becomes compassionate like his. Yeah. Uh, and so there's this there's this duality, obviously, of fear and control, but then um, uh, the life of awe and reverence pours out compassion and grace. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's what David's talking about when he talks about the, the fear of the Lord um, results in uh, the, the lives of, of his people having lacking no good thing. Amen. Right? That, that's what the good life is. It's not saying I won't uh, ever be without money you know like it's not saying i, I won't ever uh, have um or I'll, I'll always have all the money i ever want to buy the things i want this is not a matter of uh meeting my wants this is a, it's not a lack of anything you want right it's you it's a lack of no good thing right. you'll always have the good things you need right exactly and i think that's where mercy grace compassion righteousness justice i mean it, it, and again that's an, a whole nother conversation probably for another podcast or another day. But, you know, we're talking a lot about justice today. And I think the conversation is anemic because it doesn't include the broader picture of what is God's view of justice and how is God wanting his gospel to transform what's going on in this world. And I think that's where, you know, I think we need to allow that um, a life without lack to inform, you know, our world today and and i think to your point is to say do i long for this for everyone do i yeah. you know and, and yeah i mean i think that's what that's why david is is testifying the way he is in psalm 34 
because he's he's experienced this and he wants it for everyone else. He wants like it's that seventy percent of other people in the world will have the same thing. He wants a hundred percent of the people in the world to have what he's experiencing. Um, and, and I think that that's you know that's that's uh, convicting for me too. You know how do do I want this for other people as well, or do I want it just for myself? I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but here we are. <laughs> um, there is a selfishness mm-hmm. in the church, and I think you just nailed it. And that is a selfishness that keeps the kingdom to oneself. Mm-hmm. I want the blessing in favor of the Lord exclusively unto me, mm-hmm. right? I want the power of heaven at my beck and call. I want to be able to pray and I want things to happen. I want it to happen for me and not my neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. Because what if they pray something I don't like? Or what if they get it and then it's not available for me? Right, right, exactly. And that is how the world works, Mm -hmm. right? That is the ethic of this age, right? The principalities of the air, that's how they think. And that that's it's interesting because that's like a position of depression. Yeah. I say depravity, uh, but the yeah. the inverse of that is is a, a life of abundance, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so I I'm stammering here because last night I was thinking about Trinity, I was thinking about our church, I was thinking about like what stage of the life cycle of our church are we in? Mm-hmm. Are we thriving and healthy and growing? Are we in maintenance and sort of just keeping things moving along? Are we in intensive care? Like, are, are we on life support? Uh, I don't think I don't think we are. Uh, are we like dead? These are all moments in a life cycle of every church, and every church is moving in and through them uh, at different times. But how you decide to handle the moment that you're in determines where you go mm-hmm. next. Yeah, and. I was doing the dishes and I had this kind of epiphany moment that if it were up to us, if the next stage of our church's life cycle were entirely up to us, and let's say the next stage was a thriving, growing, healthy church, we might be in like a maintenance phase. You know, we're keeping things moving. We're keeping something breaks. We fix it. We keep going. Right. We just did that with a projector. Uh, So if we're in like a maintenance phase and the next phase is a phase of life and growth, I sort of had this shudder in my, in my heart, because if it were entirely up to us, then that means uh, we won't grow unless we share the kingdom. We won't thrive unless we start giving away the goodness of the kingdom. And if we are in a practice or a habit of keeping the kingdom to ourselves, then healthy thriving church is not on the menu for us. Right. Like the only place we can go from where we are, unless we share the kingdom and give it away freely. The only place for us to go is the opposite direction. Right. Right. And I, and and I say I shudder because I got, I got scared. Yeah. And I thought, Oh no. I think I, even as I was washing dishes just by myself in the kitchen went, Oh God. And thank God it is not entirely up to us. Yeah. Because we're weak in those things, yeah. and, and it's the it's the power of the spirit that makes evangelism or ministry or anything for the kingdom effective. Yeah, it, but here's here's the the strangeness of that situation, yeah. right? 
because I think for many of us, myself included, I'll, I, I hear that and I think, oh man, I've got to do more. I'm, I'm not doing my part. But you look at what David's saying here and, 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 and again, the what challenge. Is, what does David say your is, part is, Dan? It's almost like he gives you three things yeah, to do. Yeah. Let me give it's you almost like he literally one, writes two. it down for you. <laughs> yeah. What are those things, Dan? What's he say? He, he says to live in the fear of the Lord, right? Yeah. But, 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 but I would, I would say this is I think that we understand that Psalm 34 is an opportunity for a guide to prayer, right? This is not a, um, a, a, a kind of exploration of a doctrine, although he certainly speaks of theology of God and doctrine of God. He talks about the goodness of God and the character of God that's in there. But ideally, this is seen as something to guide our prayers. And if we look at the shape and the contour of David's prayer, you realize that the very beginning of this is uh, the, the seed of his explosion into saying, hey, everyone, come and come. You've got to experience this is that he has tasted and seen that the Lord is good for himself. And, and I think that all too often when we think about sharing what God has given us with others, we, we sometimes as Christians see it as, uh, again, we see this from this, this binary place of this is what a Christian is supposed to do. So rather than living out of this reverence of God and letting the fruit of what God has done in your life bear the fruit of this moral, ethical life that wants to share the gospel with us, share the goodness of the Lord with others, we we live out of this obligation to say, well, God's only going to be happy with me unless I, if right. I tell others about right. the goodness of God, and and there's a difference there. I think there's a subtle difference we have to be careful of, which is the step one needs to be does need to be a little bit selfish. Step one needs to be: Are you in touch with the goodness of the Lord in your life? Are you seeing it for yourself? Are you tasting and seeing that the Lord is good for yourself? Because if you're not then step back and ask why. Yeah. Right? Because I think many of us, myself included, can get so caught up in the things of this world. And I say that there, there are so many things that are clamoring for, clamoring for our attention, uh, causing us worry and anxiety, or, or, or just uh, making us... Uh, we, we live with very little margin in our lives. Yeah. And, and so we almost... God becomes more the afterthought and then you hear something like this and you think, oh, man, I've got to find out a way to, to tell other people about the goodness of the Lord. Rather than what would it look like if you are so in touch with how God's goodness is is so abundant and overflowing, not just in your life, but you, you can you get to a point where you can see it at work in other people's lives. And you're just going down the street and saying, there's the Lord. That's from the Lord. Man, that's so God is so good. Isn't that amazing how he's yeah. doing that? And you think of how refreshing that is for other people to say, just, I mean, I've seen it in my life where I've seen people say, man, that's so cool how God did that. And I, I, I'm kind of taken aback. I'm like, oh, wow, they're right. That, how good is the Lord, right? And he can do it for you. And he can do it for you. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. The, it is, Psalm 34 is a guide to prayer, but I love when the Bible gives me practical application, yes. like yep. without reservation. That's why I'm yeah. such a fan of the Proverbs. Yeah. But right in the middle of this, the, and all week as I was studying, it was verses, what, 8, 9, and 10. It literally tells you, like if you want to know what to do, like say say we've we've had this conversation about the two fears of the Lord and 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 how you know pursuing the compassion of Jesus turns into action in your life. Like, what 
if you're going to do an analysis mm-hmm. of what your pursuit of Jesus looks like, if it's bearing good fruit or if it's bearing fruit of fear, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds like an 80s Christian metal band, fruit of fear. Um, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, it tells you exactly what it is. Yeah. It says, if you know, if you want to lack no good thing, some of those good things could be opportunities to talk about Jesus. But if you want to lack no good thing, what do you do? You like you watch what you say. You seek opportunity to do good. Yeah. You pursue peace. Yeah. Right. That's those are your marching orders. Yeah. It it's so explicit. And then Dan, you you know you mentioned that other people begin to see Jesus in your life when you're following Jesus like that. Yeah. When you stop saying mean and hateful things online or to your family or yeah. to people or to total strangers, you stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, you see something that needs to be done and you just do it, let me, right? You do good. Let me just jump in real quickly. The question is, why do you stop doing it? Is it because you feel like God is telling you this is how you have to be? Or is it because you love walking with Jesus so much that there is that, that, that your, your heart doesn't want to go there to, to say such hateful things or, or violent things or, 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 or just things to stir up strife right right right. just to cause trouble you know i'm not saying anything mean about anybody but if i type this on my timeline uh my my mentions and comments are going to be exciting right because what does jesus say in in the sermon on the mount i think if you are walking in step with the lord if you are pursuing god out of a sense of awe and wonder i think he's writing with you as you type right yeah and you stop you and uh, this is my experience C.S. Lewis said it's hard to argue with a man who's gotten experience, but this has been my experience. As you're typing things, Jesus literally says to me, are you sure? Yeah. You really want to do that? And that is the heart of God through the spirit of God guiding me in my way. And sometimes I'm like, yes, Jesus. Right. I do want to say this. Like, that's going to go, that's going to go poorly for you. Right. Uh, And then, you know, out of the selfishness of my heart, I press send or... (laughs) Or when I am seeing God for the goodness that he brings, then I go, okay, delete, 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 delete. Right. Because he's there. Right. And and that's the thing. Like, there are Christians who do post things. I've, I've said things that I regretted and I have to apologize for. Right. To that my I, wife all the time. <laughs> right. To your wife. I, Not, say I don't things, say it to your wife. I'm saying, yeah. I, yeah. No, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I ha- what I mean is I have said things to my wife right. that I regret all the time. And yeah. it's because I talk to her more right. than anyone else. And it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It just means that there, there's, a, there's an aspect of the devotional life that the, there's this speaking to your inner being that God is wanting to do. That, yes. that we do because we are, we are spiritual beings, but we are physical beings. And there is a reality where... Are, we are we are growing and maturing and struggling to make sure are we listening to the Lord are we walking in are we living in the fear of the Lord in that life of the good life yeah. walking with him and yeah so there are times where we step into this place of disobedience where we're not in tune we're not keeping in step with the spirit we're not listening to that that gentle nudge to say I wouldn't hit send yet or I wouldn't don't open your mouth Dan don't say it and, and I've had those conversations as well where I'm like, I, I re- like I can hear it in my head. Don't say it, Dan. Don't say it, Dan. And then it almost just comes out of my mouth. Blip. Yeah. And I regret it immediately. Yeah. And, and but but I think it's it, it says something that 
it's this living life with God yeah. that, that we're called to. That's the, that's that reverence and fear. Like, yes, it characterizes our posture toward God, but it's talking about a lifestyle with God of living with him. Right. The, the passage in Matthew, I was going to mention before is in Matthew five, he says, uh, Jesus says, you've heard that it was said that to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So my point is, is if I'm living afraid of God and just trying to do the, the things of the law, right? I can easily be kind to someone on the outside, but in my heart wish the darkest and evilest of things of them. But if I'm living with a posture of reverence toward God, then then there is a there's a, a a different posture within me that it's not doesn't matter to me just the outward actions, but that my outward actions flow from a posture within my heart that that there's an integration of the two. Absolutely. So if you are not uh, walking with the Spirit. Uh, in a way where you feel like you're having this life of conversation with God, where uh, where he is encouraging you or discouraging you from your online posts or statements to your spouse. If you don't feel like you've got that nearness, then let, let me, let Dan, let us, uh, let us be like David to you and say, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, practically, how might one do that? you ask. I'm serious about this. You ask. God is alive. He is here, and he is willing to be near you, and he even desires it. Uh, And he delights in giving good gifts to his children, and the gift of his presence is the sweetest of all. And all you have to do is ask him, that you might say of David, like, I walked with the Lord, I walk with the Lord, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and when I am with him and he is with me, I recognize that my life is different and that I lack no good thing. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, I hope this provokes you unto good works, that as you hear and think about these things, that you would strike up these conversations with others, even if it's just to say, can you believe what those two knuckleheads said? (laughs) But it is our sincere hope that this conversation leaves Sunday and enters into your life where the boots are on the ground, it enters into your relationships, and it begins to shape and mold how you see yourself as a believer, but also how you see yourself as a part of this community. We love you. God bless. Amen.